But um, please, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome to the microphone Richard Dauphin as he comes to bring the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God is good. You know, it's crazy as often and as many times as I've been up here, this is an honor to preach here for the first time. God is, God is good. God is good. And, um, and it, you know how you know when people tell stories and you know your story and then you hear the other person's story and you be like, that's what they thought? <laughs> Because the story went like this, right? <laughs> I was posted up on a car. I had my music blasting. <laughs> I had a crowd of people listening to me. And as God so fit in the opportune time, all throughout my start, people were saying, What's your name? I was like, Richard Dolphin. And then they would say, Richie Righteous? I'm like, no, who's, who's Richie Righteous? And then somebody would come up and say, again, my name is Richard Dolphin. Do you know Richie Righteous? I'm like, I keep on hearing this name, Richie Righteous. I never met him, never saw him. Didn't know what he looked like, right? But people kept on making me synonymous with him. So, I posted up on the car, <laughs> blasting my music. Crowd of people listen, like, yo, you nice. I'm like, yeah. And it just so happened, a man approached me with a flyer. I, lo I looked at the flyer. And then I said, Richie Righteous. Looked at him, looked at the flyer. I have to admit it, there was a twinkle in my eye. <laughs> because I realized that that moment, the moment I was waiting for, actually happened. I got a chance to meet the man that people keep making. <laughs> so I realized at that moment that this was destiny. And I thought to my mind, this is the opportune time. You want battle, son? <laughs> Saying, I got beats right here. And my mind was like, I said it, yo. In front of everybody right here, I said it, yo. Can't hold me back, let me go. It's going to get bodied right here on Mortal Ave. No, Richie. I'm rich. Dolphin, I want smoke. I wasn't all the way there. <laughs> I'm early in my walk. I wanted all the smoke. <laughs> but the Holy, that's what I had in my head. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit restrained me in the car. 
And said, oh, all right, I might pull up. And then we exchanged numbers in, and that's how the story went. <laughs> but in my mind, you was, was going to get I was ready. <laughs> now, if you have your Bible, start with me. To... How about that for intro, right? <laughs> have your Bible, start with me to Galatians. Galatians, the fifth chapter. Galatians, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 16th verse. Galatians, the sixth chapter, beginning at the 16th verse. And you can bookmark 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse 7. But I'll be reading Galatians, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 16th verse. And the reading of the word of the Lord goes as follows. So I say, walk in the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So I say... So that you do not do whatever you want. And 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, beginning at the seventh verse, which is a very familiar portion of scripture. For we live by faith and not by sight. And in other translations, the more popular translation, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And in both these scriptures, it begins with, for we walk. So I say walk. The scripture is telling us how we ought to walk, which leads to my subject for this morning service, which is walk accordingly. Walk accordingly. I, I wanted something deep and profound, and I got nothing. <laughs> Walk accordingly. I'm like, Lord, Lord, this is, this is the service after resurrection, right after the, 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 our Savior's Super Bowl, right? <laughs> Give me, I need something profound, something impactful. I'm like, God said, walk accordingly. And as he said, walk accordingly, I thought... As I was recording my album, I came across this saying. I'd never heard this saying before, but I kept on hearing it. As I was listening to this beat, kept on hearing it, kept on hearing it. And then I wrote it down. And then I said, you know what? While I was in the booth, I was like, let me tie this saying onto this song. And the saying goes, for when you know and understand your identity, it's your responsibility to live and walk accordingly let me say that again for when you know and understand your identity it's your responsibility to live and walk accordingly 
when you know your identity. When you know your identity. This takes me back. I remember walk accordingly. When you understand your identity. Growing up, I did not understand my identity. I was under the influence of that which was influential to me. And I walked according to that influence. Because that influence is what had a stronghold over me. And I wanted to embody and become that which I was influenced by. I remember this one time, one day, I was in high school. Music is powerful. Music is a powerful influence. I remember having my headphones in high school. And I decided to listen this particular song by a particular artist that I was intrigued by. As I was listening to the song, I felt empowered. I felt like everything that I was hearing, I was that. I felt like I became that. I was influenced by that. I was listening to Beanie Siegel, right? <laughs> If you don't know who he is, you don't know who he is. If you know who he is, you're just as carnal as I am. It's okay. I got you. I was listening to Seagull and I was like, what? I think I was on a C train. Had my scully and I put my scully down to the side. Had my... It's like, what? What you know what a thug about? I was like, listen... I was like, somebody going to get it today. I wish somebody would. What you know what a thug about? Locked up in the drugs about. I'm like, it's like I wish, I, that day I wanted, listen, whatever happened was going to happen. But that day I felt like I was looking at people. Some bunch of elementary schools came in. I'm looking at them like. What school you go to? What school you go to? St. Mary's? Where at? Approaching everybody. Looking at old ladies. I was like, yo. Then I, then I saw some dudes that were on the other side of the train. And they was talking to each other. And I was like, you know what? What you really know what a thug about? Like, I was like, yeah, it's about to go down. And I walked by them. And then my stop on the train came and they got off. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> I want you to understand. I could have died that day. Because <laughs> what I was listening to, that power that I felt wasn't power. It was stupidity. I was about at least 75 pounds. <laughs> All the weight I had was in my bubble, right? <laughs> I was under this influence, but I felt like, oh, listen. I felt like I was somebody. I felt like I was able to do everything that I was listening to because I was so empowered. And in all actuality, I was under the influence. You can be under the influence 
and not even know it. Because I took on an identity that wasn't me. But I was under that influence. I was empowered. And you know, you can be so under the influence, you believe that that's you. You think that that's you. You start talking and acting like that's you, but you realize it's not. That wasn't me. But I felt I had to try to be that in order to feel feel relevant. Taking it back to... Oh, I felt that in order to feel relevant, because sometimes you don't feel that you're seen unless you become that which you are influenced by. And regardless of what you are, what you eat, regardless information, information plus meditation equals transformation. Right. Whatever you are informed by doesn't transform you. We know a whole lot, but with everything that we know, that don't mean that we're actually a byproduct of what you know. They say knowledge is power. No, it ain't. <laughs> I know a whole lot, but everything that I know doesn't empower me. I just know it. You know what you ought to eat, but But what you know doesn't, your, the scale doesn't say or speak to the knowledge that you know. And when truth is weighed on a scale, it shows who you really are and what you're about. Information plus med, we are what we meditate. You are a byproduct of your meditation. You are a byproduct of what you meditate. So with that being said, what are you meditating on? Because what you meditate is who you really are and what you have become. Scripture says in Proverbs, for whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart... So is he. What you think on constantly, that is what you are in all actuality, not what you pretend to be. That which you meditate. I'm big on movies. One of my favorite movies is Malcolm X. And in watching Malcolm X, I'm watching Denzel and Bob. Denzel did such a great job playing and portraying Malcolm X. When I saw the real Malcolm X, I thought he was the actor. <laughs> I'm like, that's, oh yeah, forgot this. Oh, when Jamie Foxx played Ray, he was, it is to the point that he embodied the role. He embodied the role to the point where you saw the real Ray Charles and be like, oh, when you saw the real Ray Charles speak, it's like, that's, Because they can so meditate on their mannerisms and meditate on their lines and how they speak, how they start. They almost become that. To the point you think that's who they actually are. But it's not them. They're just phenomenal actors. With that being said, 
How many of us? Am I who I say I am? Or am I just acting? Have I studied or been around an atmosphere long enough that I can blend right in? Or that I can look at someone and observe them long enough that I can automatically blend and fit right on in and take on an identity and make it my own. And people are so convinced by my performance that they believe I am who I'm acting like. And you can be so in a role you can lose yourself in that role. How many actors that were so in a part, they became that part. Some of them have lost their lives because they so consumed themselves with that part that they played. Hmm. How many of us are so consumed by that role? That you forget, hold up, this ain't me. You can wear the mask so long, you think that's your face. You can wear the mask for so long, you forget that that's not you. But you've meditated on that part for so long. You're walking according to your influence. You're walking according to the role but the role is not you. You are consumed by your performance. God is not into giving any Oscars. God is not into giving any Golden Globes. There's no Emmy Awards. There's no Image Awards in the kingdom. In Matthew 7, verse 21, one of the most profound scriptures, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21, if we could pull that up, oh, yes. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. <laughs> but only the ones that does the will of my Father. Many will say, and it goes on even further. Many will prophesy in my name. Many will, will do miracles in my name. <laughs> Many will cast out demons in my name. This is Jesus saying this. But his response is profound. He says, then I will say plainly, we'll make it plain. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Hold up, hold up. 
after reading this scripture, I, I was like, hold up. I got thoroughly offended. <laughs> you mean to tell me I'm doing all this prophesying. I'm doing all this casting out. Look at all these miracles I'm performing. And with everything that I'm doing in your name. Jesus, his response plainly. Depart from me, you work of iniquity. Listen. How does that, with everything that I'm doing, how does that make me a work of iniquity? That don't make no sense. How? With everything that I'm doing, how does that make me a worker of iniquity? And he says, depart from me, you work of iniquity. The last line. Is a very telling line. It says, for I never knew you. For I never knew you. You know what makes that profound? It makes it profound because in essence, what Jesus is saying. Hallelujah. It's not about what you do. Because with everything you do, you still can be in the category of a person that doesn't know me. And I'll be counted as a worker of iniquity. He's not talking to the sinners. Because sinners are not prophesying. Wink. Sinners are not casting devils. Wink, wink. Sinners are not performing miracles. Wink, wink. But he's talking to those who bear his name. <laughs> Jesus, in essence, is drawing a line in the sands. Hallelujah. In essence, he's saying, just because you wear a jersey, that doesn't mean you're a part of the team. As much as I love the Lakers. In Jesus name. <laughs> I can't go to the NBA store. And say. Um, can I get a Richard Dolphin jersey. They don't have it. Because. Richard Dolphin is not on the roster. In order for me to have the Dolphin 316 jersey, right? <laughs> I would have to customize it. But even though I customize it, it doesn't make it authentic. God is calling us to walk accordingly. Not in customization. That, it looked good, but it's not authentic. It's not real. It's what you made up. 
Dolphin does not exist on the Lakers roster. So even if somebody's walking down the street, it'd be like, oh, who's, who is that? Because they're not on the roster. I wonder in glory <laughs> if there's some angels that's wondering, who's that? <laughs> oh, man, I'm again. I know they singing, but they're not on the roster. Do you know who that is? I know they're preaching, but do you know who that is, master? They, they have all these churches built up, but yo, who is that on? Do you know them? Jesus says, depart from me, you work over iniquity, because I never knew you. Because it's iniquity to do what you do outside of knowing him. What matters is knowing him. Because when you know him, everything you do will be a byproduct of what you know. So I don't have to achieve a certain level of perfection according to your standards. I'm not living to your standards. I'm okay if I drop the ball because I know him. And because I know him, I know his grace is sufficient. You can Some of us can't walk accordingly because we want to settle in performance. Because we've allowed the enemy to deceive us. Into thinking because I'm not like him. Because I'm not like her. Because I can't usher like him. Because I can't preach like him. I'm inadequate because we don't know who we really are. And the reason we don't know who we really are is because we don't really know who he is. Because when you know who he is, you know who you are. Because you are becoming who he is. Because you're being conformed into his image and likeness and not your image and likeness. I don't need to sing like you. I ain't got to talk like you. I ain't got to rap like you. I don't got to preach like you. I just need to be who I am. And when you know who you are, when you know who you are, when you know your identity, it's your responsibility to live and walk accordingly. I'm not threatened by your gift. I'm a fan of it. I support it. I appreciate it because I know I can't do that. But when you're content with who you are, you don't need to be in... I don't have to perform to be somebody else. I can look at Ranger's gift and be at awe. Because as much as I want to dance, I don't know if, the, if, if it's the Haitian in me. I don't know. The rhythm just. I, can't, I just can't do what he do. I just, you know what I'm saying? My groove different. My, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I tried, I'd be acting out accordingly. I remember in high school, I was... I'm going to get in trouble. Evie, go in the back. <laughs> I 
I remember in high school, hormones raging. I'm talking to this girl and I would get like no play. I'm getting no play. And I'm like, wow. And then I realized, like, yo, they wanted like, they wanted DMX and I was Wyclef. It didn't work. I'm like, yo, bro. I was. So I said like, yo. So I had to take on the character. But sometimes I forget I'm not that. <laughs> I'm walking according to my influence. So I walk up to show I'd be like, yo. Listen, let me get your number. I mean. <laughs> can I can I talk to you first? I mean, pardon. Can I talk to you for some time? <laughs> The Haitian came out first, so I had to retract. And he was like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> After games are being played, how's it going down? <laughs> and then they would be like, okay, no problem. I'd be like, thank you very much. I mean, thank you very much. <laughs> Eventually, what's in you will come out. You could be so used to, to being in character, but when life has a way of hitting you and what's really in you will come out. So you can perform in front of everybody on Sunday, but on Monday through Saturday, when life really hit, you see, who you really are is not here in the arena where we're called to perform. Who you really are is when no one's around. That's you. And you could be so consumed with this character that you think you're who you're portraying. But it's not you. It's your performance. Jesus. One of the dangers that prohibits us from walking accordingly is a thing called familiarity. Familiarity. Some of us are so familiar with the things of God. <laughs> You've been in church your whole life. You've seen this whole thing play out. You know what time to amen. You know what time to hallelujah. You know, you know how to pray. You know how to be anointed even when you ain't anointed because you... <laughs> you... <laughs> Because you've embodied the role for so long, you know all your lines by heart. But with everything that you know and everything you possess, you can become so familiar with God to the point you lose your heart's sincerity towards God. I remember early in my walk, I was not born and raised in church. I gave my life to the Lord in, co in my college dorm. I didn't have no, no pastor, priest, or altar call. I went into college not for education. I seen House Party 2 and said, I need to go to get education. I need the pajama jammy jam. I'm going, sign me up. I want to go to which school? Any school. <laughs> All of them. I'm applying to everyone, wherever they at. That's what I... Way too much information. <laughs> 
But that's what I wanted. That's what I desired. So I wanted all that. But And right where I wanted, going after my heart's desire, God just came through and derailed my whole situation. And while I was in college, right, with everything that I desired, God just switched to everything. He switched everything. And with everything that I wanted, everything that I desired, he just completely gave me a switch. He switched and derailed that which I was going after. And I don't regret it. Because I got an authentic an encounter with God. So now being the fact that I was not born and raised in church, I remember when I'm going to a pastor and they say, you know, God got a purpose on your life. What? Me? Purpose? God wants to use, use me. There was an awe. There was a. Some of us that don't mean nothing no more. If I said today we're going to be teaching about purpose. I needed a word, but purpose don't move you because you've heard that. You're so familiar with it. That don't mean nothing anymore. That doesn't move you anymore. You need something more to move you because you're so familiar. And I'd look at people. I'm like, he said purpose. And they like, he's new. <laughs> Forgive him. He's new. But that's dangerous. That's dangerous. I remember there was a lady at one of the churches I was at. Every time she would she was coming off coming in off the street. Right? So when she came in off the street, she was obviously, you can look at her. Oh man. You can honestly know that, you know, she was battling some form of addiction. And every time when they would say, Praise God, she would be like, Praise God. <laughs> God is moving his, he's moving. He's moving on your life. He's moving on my life. Jesus, he's taking everything, you know. And I remember looking at him like, oh, she's, oh, she's bugged. <laughs> and I would sit there and I'd laugh because she'd be in the message. She's holding. When the pastor started prophesying to this person, she's in the back like, oh, God. God's going to use you mighty. Use her, Lord. I was like, oh, you're a distraction. Like, yo, you wilding. You're doing, like, way too much. And then I remember in prayer, God said, she ain't doing too much. Ain't nothing wrong with her. But there's everything wrong with you. She's not wilding. You are. Because she's in awe at who I am. She came for an encounter and she came to meet me and seeing me deliver someone else is encouraging her and she's in awe at who I am. But you've been so familiar that don't move you anymore. Have you seen that show before? And when you're familiar with God, you're in a very dangerous because you can't hear God because God's voice is not enough you need something else you need a substitute you need an alternative you need something to move you regular teaching Bible teaching is not no it has to have you know an extra sasson 
It's too bland. I need more seasoning in this. But be careful because what you season your food with can attempt can be the death of you. The second thing I want to leave with is the importance we can't lose our edge. We can't lose our edge. I can't lose my edge in Galatians. What the Apostle Paul was saying in Galatians to the people of God, like who? If you read even down to the second chapter and third chapter, he's talking like, what happened to y'all? He's talking to a people that received the glory and the power of God and seen how, how God and the spirit moved. But now the people are going back, going back to the old ways because they felt that they were under the influence of the Jews of the area. The other Jews, they were doing this. They're following out the rules and regulations. So this spirit stuff is not enough. And the apostle Paul saying, who has bewitched you after being born of the spirit after seeing the holy spirit move in your life why are you going back to the law why are you going back in essence when he's talking about going back to the law in essence what he's saying why are you going back to following rules and regulations why are you going back to the law thinking that you can earn your salvation thinking you have to work for your salvation thinking you there's something that you have to do that can validate who you are who has bewitched you why y'all wilding why y'all going back why are we going back since when grace isn't enough since when the holy spirit isn't enough since when the word is not enough you need more he's saying to the galatians but i say walk in the spirit walk in the spirit so that you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh so you won't be consumed because what your flesh wants is detrimental to you. What your flesh desire will kill you. The thief comes to, the thief comes to, in John 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. A thief. Where does a thief come? Where does the robber come? He comes where? He comes into your house. The role of the thief is to get inside the house. Some of us, in all actuality, the enemy is in your house. The enemy is in the house. The question is, how did he get there? Was it through a window? Did he pick the lock? <laughs> or did we let him in and we're crying foul play God trespassing trespassing sir how did you get in this house they let me in how's it trespassing I live here I have legal ground. I signed the lease. Let them with ears hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. 
let us walk in the spirit so that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because certain desires that we have, we have become comfortable with. And it's become the norm for you to desire what you desire. That's why certain things are not enough because you're not crucifying. This message is for those who are struggling. Thank God you're struggling. Hallelujah. Somebody was like, what you mean? <laughs> I came in to get delivered. You talking about, thank God I'm struggling. <laughs> thank God there's a struggle. Because the dangerous place is when there is no struggle. It's when you're so comfortable with it because you've been familiar with God for so long. You don't feel that conviction. You don't feel the... You live... You've been in a state, oh, you've been in a state of customization for so long. You know, there's certain addicts, those who deal with addiction, you can see, oh, you can see exactly what they're dealing with. But there's other people who deal with addiction, full-blown addiction. You can't tell what's on them because they're functional in it. God is trying to deliver us. We can't walk accordingly because we're functional. You can hallelujah all day, every day. You can praise God all day, every day. You could come to service all day, every day. But what are you meditating on? Because what you meditate is what you're your life is a byproduct of and I can say this because for years with everything that I have done and even though I had a heart I did it out of my heart little did I know because there were certain areas in my life that was unchecked the enemy took full advantage at the doors that I left open hallelujah he took full advantage. Oh, I like my bedroom. I like the bathroom. I like the kitchen. But he was right there in my living room. Where is he in your life? What doors have you left open? Because the doors that you leave open are the same doors that are keeping you from fully allowing God to dwell and fill you with glory because there's a blockage there's a blockage certain situations that we're dealing with it's not that you haven't prayed enough it's not that you haven't fasted enough it's not because of what you're doing in all actuality what parts of your life are customized because we could be so consumed to performance, we think that that's him. But that's not him. That's just the role that you've played. But God knows. God knows. And even as we're listening to this message, I'm praying and asking 
that God would search our hearts. Search our hearts, God. It ain't enough to get all these accolades. To get all, if everyone sees me as a man of God. But God, I, I know. See, they may not be able to see. But God, I know where I'm at. God, I need you to, I need to know what freedom really feels like. I don't want a form of freedom. I don't want to look like freedom. I don't want to settle for looking as free as everyone else. I don't want to settle for the role. God, I need this to be who I am. Time to take away the mask. God, here I am in my struggle, God. Yes, deliver me from this. God, deliver me from this. You know why some of us can't get free? Because we've allowed the enemy pride to get away from freedom. I was so ashamed to confess and share what it was that I was dealing with, what it was that I was struggling with, that I felt I can't tell nobody. Because if I tell them, what would they think? What would Pastor Rich think? What would he say? Oh, no, I'd rather not. Hey, Rich, how you doing? God is good. God is great. Praise God. So what, what you been dealing with? Oh, nothing. God is good. I'm dealing with a little bit of this and that, but God is able. Because I don't want him to see what I'm really dealing with. I'm just going to take it to God for myself. I want God to deliver me in the closet when nobody sees. And I could come out, hey, guys, I'm free. He did it. Won't he do it? <laughs> but there's no freedom in what you try to hide. Freedom comes from what you reveal. I know that might not be enough for anyone. I know that's not enough. Freedom will come from what you reveal through confession. Because what the enemy wants to keep you, it's not, it's not the pornography that's keeping you bound. It's not the fact that you're sleeping around that's going to keep you bound. It's not the fact that you're still dealing with this form of addiction that's keeping you bound. It's not. That's the branch. The root is shame, guilt, and condemnation. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he still kills and destroys by guilt, shame, and condemnation. Because if I'm in a state of guilt, shame, and condemnation, I'll never reveal it. And I can't. Because I don't want to feel it. You act like it's not there. You don't want to feel it. But if we never feel, then we never deal. And if we never deal, then we never heal. We don't want to feel it. And we don't want to reveal it. And if we're in that state, we're basically allowing the enemy full rights to remain as he is in our residence. But the way we can evict the enemy out of our lives, Bible says, 1 John 1 and 9, for if we confess our sins, 
He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's able to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But he says, walk in the spirit so that you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can't deliver yourself. Only God. And the more you try to cover yourself you're really exposing yourself to the enemy it's not your righteousness it's his righteousness but the more we try to put on our form of righteousness our form of godliness we're denying the power that can truly set us free because we're stuck in customization we're stuck wearing jerseys but never being truly a part of the team we're stuck in a place where we are in matthew 7 21 i profess prophesying in his name casting out devils in his name coming to church in his name on the drums in his name preaching in his name singing in his name but we don't know him you know your lines you know your part but that's not his script When we know and understand our identity, as I begin to close, when you know and understand your identity, your identity isn't found in what you want to be, in what you desire to be, or in what, what you think people want to see. But when you know and understand your identity in who he is, when you understand who he is, you don't have to act like anybody. You get to just be who you are. Time out for taking on the identity. Time out for taking on the form. Time out for taking on the role. Because guess what? And truth be told, we all struggling. You all dealing with something. My something may not be your something, but guess what? It's still something. <laughs> Let me say that again. My something may not be your something. But in all actuality, it's still something. And the only way we can truly be free is by allowing God to do the work. It's not enough. I, I don't want to confess him. I want to possess him. I don't want to just confess him. No, I want to reflect him. But the only way I can reflect him is by allowing him to do the work that I'm too ashamed to do. Freedom comes by saying, Yo, bro, I'm struggling in my lust, man. I fell again. I'm still sleeping with her. I know I was supposed to sever that relationship, but I can't. It's like she has a hold on me. It's saying, sis, I'm trying to sever the ties, but you know I'm still masturbating. God, I, I need freedom. You know, I'm in this relationship. I know God does not want me to be in. This comes by saying, sis, last week I had an abortion. And I'm dealing with the guilt. You know, I was raped. When I was in high school, I'm still dealing with the effects of the incest. I still see my victimizer. I'm not healed. I need help. Show me how. I don't want to remain in this state. How 
how do I see? And you need, because you can't deliver yourself. Hallelujah. Resurrection power is not just a shout about what Jesus did and he saved. But he saved, healed, set free, and delivered. He rose. He rose so that we can walk accordingly. According not to our own understanding. According not to what people want us to, to become or what we feel like other people should be like. No, he wants us to walk according to who he is. Not according to what I want to be. Not according to how I want to be received. Not according to my gift, not according to my talent, not according to the image. Not according to my customization. But he wants us to be authentic. He wants to see a reflection of who he is and not what we want to be. Hallelujah. Fall heads about. If that's you listening to this message and you know that this was definitely for you and you know God has been dealing with you in regards to this message you know how you've been walking this is where we don't care about if we're in leadership we don't care about our titles you don't care about oh I don't want them to know that I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with but this is a time where I say, God, you know who I am. You know who I really am. And God, I need true freedom, God. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed that people see me. God, here I am. This is what it is. I'm, I'm done playing games. I'm done acting, God. Shh, God, here I am. I don't care who sees me. I don't care who knows because I care more about being free than who's looking at me. If that's you, I'm asking that you would just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. If that's you, I'm just asking that you would just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and say, God, when you, as we stand, we're saying, God, here I am. You know what it is. Hallelujah. As you stand to your feet and say, Lord, here I am. That's, that's what we're saying. That's what the, 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 the declaration is. God, here I am as I am. Full of shame. Full of guilt. God. But your word says in Romans 8 and 1, for there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There's no condemnation. The enemy wants to deceive us into thinking, oh, because I can't say this because I'm a preacher. I can't confess. I can't answer the altar call. What would they think? That I got a real, real relationship with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Time out for the shenanigans. Jesus wants us free. And he who the sun sets free is truly free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we're standing, let's begin to pray. As we're standing, begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. Hallelujah.
because God is going to do this. God is going to get the glory. He's already dealing with some of us already. He's already been highlighting some of the people who we need to speak to. Hallelujah. Deliverance can come at the altar or it could come over the phone. <laughs> As we confess, he's highlighting certain people who you can come to. Hallelujah. Who you need to talk to. The, people, the person that you've been supposed to talk to, but you were too ashamed to. God is highlighting them right now. Hallelujah. Deliverance is going to come not by how you want it to. Not in the form that you desire it to. Hallelujah. Who's willing to get ugly for God? Who's willing to get ugly? It ain't, ain't, a, ain't a pretty thing. But who's willing to say, God, here I am in my brokenness, in my shame, in my guilt. Speak to God. Hallelujah. Have his way. God, my desire is to walk accordingly. My desire is to walk not as I want to walk. God, my desire is to walk. 